When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Great to have you with us here on the GM Shuffle. Another fantastic week. We're getting set for for Thanksgiving this week. I mean, we're going to do a Thanksgiving episode later this week. But, I mean, we're giving thanks for everything, right, Mike? Family, football, friends. This is an exciting time in the Verk and Lombardi household. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I got the – I'm so excited. Uh, We have uh, uh, the first baby girl coming into the family here in another – I think another two weeks. So very thankful for that and thankful for all the grandchildren we have and the great life and and all the all the joys that football has brought us. So, you know, as, as much as, as Sundays when you lose kills you, the overriding view of what it's provided is really kind of amazing. You know, it's one of the lines in Springsteen's songs. He says, and, and one of his, the only song he ever wrote about his mother, he said, you know, what this guitar b- brought us and what this guitar bought us. And it's kind of ironic. Football brings you so much and buys you so even more, even though it's so, so god dang hard. That's <laughs> well put. And speaking of being so hard, uh, we'll get to some of the, the games from this week. And you're like, I, I, I mean, I don't understand. I, I believe your picks were pretty good. Like, thanks, uh, the GM reshuffle. I'm two and one on the GM reshuffle. I mean, I'm, right now I'm 21 and 12 overall on those picks. So I'm doing pretty good. You know, uh, uh, I wish I could say I was doing better with Chris Russo. He beat me for the first time this week. Uh, he was two and one. I was one and two. So I've got, went 11 weeks with winning and this will be the first week that oh, he's going to rub it in too, AD. He's going to rub it in on my ass so bad. But anyway, it's been good. Well, it's been good. And the reason I mention is it's so hard to predict these games. You say Packers and Vikings. All right, well, Green Bay, Rodgers is back. Here we go. Vikings have had a lot of close losses instead. Total shootout. 
Comes down to the last second field goal. Cousins and Rodgers, absolute classic. Both those guys throw for over 300 yards, a whopping seven touchdowns. Devontae Adams, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling combined for 238 and three scores, including that 75-yard score by Scantling. Tied the game up late at 31. And then Minnesota's Justin Jefferson, 169 yards and two scores. He ties Randy Moss's NFL record for most 100-yard receiving games in a wide receiver's first two seasons with his 11th on Sunday. If you like offensive football, if you like a shootout, if you like just scoring up and down the field, this was an awesome game to watch. And if you like that goddamn horn blowing every time in Minnesota, this is the perfect game to watch. That horn was on fire. I mean, geez, oh man. But our guy, Kirk Cousins, got bailed out. The interception that happened, uh, I don't know if you saw it, the interception he throws and looks like they're going to lose the game. It's 31-31. And then the next thing you know, it's ruled that the ball hit the ground first and then he comes back and makes the score, kind of does the smart thing, gets the ball aligned, in field goal range so they don't have to give the ball back to Rodgers, who played with a, you know, he said his, soot's, soot, his foot is really, really sore. I kind of thought watching this game, A.D., Green Bay might be the best team in the league. I know they were missing guys on defense, and I know Cousins had a sensational day. I get all that. But when they get healthy on defense, I, I think with Rodgers, the way he's playing, I mean, he didn't have he didn't have his marquee player, you know, in terms of the running back. But, you know, Dylan, Dylan was able to come in there and do some things. Missing Aaron Jones, I think, hurts them. But when Scantling makes plays and Adams is sensational, I don't know who can beat him. I mean, the guy had, think about this, the guy had a 148.4 quarterback rating. I think 156 is perfect. And my man, and my man Kirk Cousins had a 128. I mean, this was really great quarterbacking. So you're saying the Packers, you believe in them right now in the NFC. And we'll get to the Cowboys in a second, why we should not believe in them. But what about the Packers defense? Do you have concerns with them? The fact, listen, on one given study, you give about 34 to Minnesota. But overall, do you think they have championship medal? I think that when they get healthy on defense, you know, and and I think the left tackle situation with Jenkins going down, they got to get Bakari back. I think that's going to be David Bakari. They got to get him back, who's been on PUP. Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. They got to get him back. If they get him back, I think that'll offset the Jenkins injury. But they have to get some of these defensive players back, particularly uh, Rashawn Gary. They got to get him back. And if they get healthy, Alexander back to get him healthy. I think they have a hell of a chance. Rogers' number is awfully pretty. 23 of 33, 385 and four touchdowns. But Cousins, 341, three touchdowns and no picks, of course, most importantly. Uh, we saw one of the tweets. I don't know if you saw this morning. Saying, oh, are you and Lombardi going to change your opinion on Jalen Hurts? So let's get into this. <laughs> First off, the answer is no. Because you and I have kept saying he hasn't shown that he's a pocket passer. So if, if you and I turn on the television and go, man, he, he threw for 420, right? Go to hell, Verk and Lombardi. Fine. He was 13 of 24 for 147. Now, who am I giving credit to? the Eagles changing their offensive mindset and remembering the importance of running the football. Since they've done this, they're a different team. This has been a plague upon the Philadelphia Eagles for years for Doug Peterson and now it's Durianni. And they're like, oh wait, we actually have a great running game. So Miles Sanders runs for 94, Hurts at 69, Howard added 63, 242 yards on the ground against a team that allowed 72.9 yards rushing per game. The Eagles have now surpassed 175 yards rushing in four straight games. And what a shock. They've actually won two in a row for the first time this season and Sirianni earning his first victory at home in five tries. So in response to that tweet, I haven't changed my mind. It hurts. He's a great runner and I'm glad the Eagles are running the football, which is why they're winning and kudos for a great win against New Orleans. I I mean, I'm with you. Uh, Look, I I don't know if this is sustainable. I do know this. I think it's hard to play them. 
I thought the Saints, and this is a game I lost, I thought the Saints' run defense would play much better. But in this game, the Saints' run defense didn't have an answer for the spread running a game. They are truly running. I watched Oklahoma play on Saturday versus Iowa State. I watched this Eagle game. It's the same offense. They're running the they're running Oklahoma's offense. I mean, you know, Sirianni's become Lincoln Riley. Now, throws to, he's got 13 completions. His long pass is 33 yards hurts. Like, if they get behind in the game, are they going to be able to come back? Where is their passing game? I think that remains to be seen, but give them credit. I think they have changed. I think that they've decided to go full board. We know this, that the owner doesn't want to run the football, right? He doesn't like, he wants to throw it. That's what they believed in, but they ran it 50 times yesterday. There were, it's funny how we all talk about it. And I, and I'm a big believer in it too, that the running game doesn't score points, but the running game gives you a sense of mental toughness. Yesterday in the National Football League, the 49, the, the, the Eagles ran it 50 times. The Colts ran at 46. The 49ers ran at 42. They really didn't need passing games to help them. They just ran the ball. And I think as as the spread has become more popular, this running from spread has created some problems. It's what Chip Kelly believed in years ago. And so give the Eagles credit. I was disappointed in the Saints. I thought they would come in with a better game plan. Without Kamara, I guess they had no juice. And then, and Gannon has changed a little bit of what he's done defensively. The big interception at the end of the half, I think, put the game away in the end of the first half. But no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not changing my mind on Hurts. Look, when you throw for 147, basically, and I think it ends up being 130 yards passing count in the sack, when you take the sacks in there, who are you beating with 100 and some passing yards? Like, seriously, like, like when you look at their stat sheet, they have not thrown for over 200 yards in, in five of the last six games. The only time they've done that is when they were behind in the Raider game. Now, that's the key. If they get behind, can this offense survive? We shall see. The one thing I'll say in favor of the Eagles, they're now five and six. They're in the thick of the wild card race with them and, and New Orleans. In fact, New Orleans now lost three straight games. They're five and five. The Eagles have the softest NFC schedule the rest of the way, Mike. They're at the Giants. They're at the Jets. Washington at home, Giants at home. They play the Sinatra Open. They got the New York, New York coming back to back. Yeah, exactly. Washington Giants at Washington and Cowboys. So these are not strangers in the night. These are all teams that the Eagles are well familiar with and they don't have to travel. They don't don't have to get on a plane. Like, think about that. Kevin Nagani pointed this out, ESPN anchor. He said for the last six games, they're not hopping on a plane. No, when they landed that plane back from Denver, I've been saying this, when the plane landed from Denver, they will never get on another plane. They'll bus up to New York. They'll bus up to New York. You know, they'll take the train down to Washington in week 17. And then everything else is home. And that week 18 game against Dallas, Dallas will probably have everything clinched by at that point. So really, what will they be? You know, I mean, they got a chance to make a run here. I mean, when you look at the schedule, when you look at this, uh, and when you look at the standings, I should say, and you see where we are, in terms of conference, I mean, right now they are the ninth best team. They got to beat San Francisco out for that spot. San Francisco's five and five. New Orleans, who they have the tiebreaker on, is five and five. And Minnesota's five and five. They're the six and seven seeds. The Rams are the fifth seed. Of course, they didn't play last week. So to me, they've got a hell of a chance. Moving on, the Texans and the Titans. So the Titans finally lose a game, and the Texans, they snap the NFL's longest active escape by beating a team, ending the longest winning streak on a wet and rainy day. The Texans hadn't scored a touchdown on the road since September of 19. Like, that, that can't be possible. Yep. Desmond King, two of the Texans, four interceptions. That tied a franchise record. Three in the fourth quarter to snuff out the Titans' attempted rally. And Tennessee outgained Houston 420-190. to 190. 
Think about that. 4-20-1-9 over a double, but the Titans couldn't overcome their own mistakes, and A.J. Brown gets knocked out in the game in the third quarter with an injured chest. Uh, as Vrabel said himself, our offense certainly was its own worst enemy. Self-destruction here from them. Well, this is the first time they've actually lost a game. They lost the game. I mean, usually the opponent has been losing games when they play. They haven't been very good. This is the best they've been on offense, but they turned the ball over. And so, you know, that was the killer in this game for them. And look, I, I think it just proves the lesson that no matter how many yards you get, if you keep turning the ball over, you miss field goals, you give them the the, the chance to come back in the game, you know, it's, it's going to prove it out. I mean, this is the best offensive performance. They had 420 yards, but they had five turnovers. You'd have to go back. They hadn't had five turnovers if you go back through... The last time they had this many turnovers is when they beat the Colts. Even in the Jet game, they didn't turn the ball over. But again, they've lost to the Jets and they've lost to the Texans, two of the worst teams in all of football, because they don't have their team. They didn't have Brown for half the game. They didn't have Julio. They were missing a bunch of guys on defense. I mean, this is one of those where they'll go to New England. They get healthy when they come back off the bye. They got Jackson. They have an easy schedule, too. They have Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Francisco be tough, Miami, Houston again. So, I mean, this is a blurp in the road for Tennessee, but I think they'll bounce back. Yeah, Tannehill overall, 35 of 52 for 323, one touchdown, four interceptions. Just that kind of a day as the uh, Texans obviously able to take advantage of those Titans issues. Last couple of weeks, obviously lots of surprises. This one was a surprise, but should not have a lingering impact. Coming up next, the Chiefs gave Patrick Mahomes a $500 million extension last year. The Cowboys gave Dak Prescott $160 million extension with 95 guaranteed at signing. Did the money or the defense do the talking in KC? Also, Sunday Night Thriller. More to come on the GM Shuffle. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So... As a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do Go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers. 
customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. In many ways, Mike, we thought it would be the game of the weekend, Cowboys-Chiefs. It was a good game, but it wasn't nearly as offensive as you may have thought. Hey, Dak versus Mahomes, and instead, both these teams combined for 28 points total. Defense standing tall as the league's top-rated offense gets shut down, 19-9 win over Dallas. Neither Mahomes or Prescott threw a touchdown. And here's my MVP of the week, Steve Spagnuolo, that KC defense. They sacked Dak Prescott five times, intercepted him twice, recovered a fumble, and as I said, kept them out the end zone. God, if Casey could play defense like this, we'd really be rolling with them. You know, since the first half of the Washington game, since the second half of the Washington game, this Kansas City defense has played well. It's been the untold story, right? So they they gave up 27 against Tennessee in the first half. In the first half. Most of that was from turnovers, right? So they give up 13. They give up no points in the second half against Washington. They give up 27. They give up 7 to Jordan Love, they give up 17 to the Giants, they give up 14 to the Raiders, and nine yesterday. They're playing good defensively. They're, they're, they are back to where they were when they won this, when they finished strong and they were playing better. Their corners are holding up. They've limited Sorensen to what his role is on defense. Plus, now you got Chris Jones. You've got, you've got Jared Reed banging inside there. Plus, with Frank Clark coming off the edge. I mean, they're good on, they're playing good defensively. They really are. They're playing as good as they've been all year. Willie Gay's done good for them. So it, offensively, I still don't think they're back offensively. They had 370 yards. They, Mahomes turns it over twice again yesterday, you know, and they were able to win. Dallas, to me, looked like the Dallas when they played Atlanta. Too many drop passes. Dak wasn't perfect. Dallas needs to, to Tyron Smith back. They can't go much longer at left tackle. They got to get him back and their offensive line. I mean, they had a hard time blocking this chief front, which we th- I thought beginning of the year, the chief front would be good with Jared Reed coming in there with Chris Jones and Frank Clark. That's three guys hard to block now. They're hard to block, but it took them a while to get going. But now they go into the bye, they come back, they play Denver and Las Vegas at home. They have two straight home games. I think the Chiefs are going to win the West now. I think it's pretty clear. They get this kind of defensive effort and they fix the offensive problems. They're going to be a hard team to beat come playoff time. And maybe you give Dallas a mulligan. Not only the offensive line issues you mentioned, Amari Cooper was out with COVID. C.D. Lamb left early with a concussion. You know, Dak Prescott's missing his top two receivers. You certainly get that. But for KC, an impressive win because of their defense. Now we'll see if they can sustain it. Kelsey, by the way, was good. Five catches, 74 yards. But it was that deep. Five sacks, two interceptions. And there was some bad calls in that game, too. I mean, that game wasn't exactly a cleanly officiated game. You know, I thought the Cowboys were the, were, got some bad breaks in that game, especially with some of the calls. 
you know, that that uh, John Hussey made in the game, some non-pass interference calls that I thought that were, you know, but look, when they only run the ball 16 times, the Cowboys, and they don't have that balance, and they go on, you go on the road in Kansas City with crowd noise, and you throw it 43 times, you're going to have a lot of problems. It's just not going to, it's not going to be smooth. And look, let's give the Chiefs credit. They ran the ball 26 times. I mean, that, the, you imagine Andy Reid calling 26 passes. You know, that's like me trying to go for the Brussels sprouts on Thanksgiving. I just don't want to go there. You know, it's like me trying to turn down the all you can eat buffet. No, I'll just have a little side salad. That's fine. Um, Casey, obviously a great win there. Maybe the Chiefs are back from the dead for Dallas, though. I do think overall, Mike, I, they take a little bit of a dent for me. Like everyone who says NFC contender, I'm like, no, no, I like the Packers, like the Cardinals, like the Rams for Dallas. Now I'm like, listen, we've seen Denver and now Casey shut them down. So some concerns there. Offensive. I, I mean, you said the key word in there, like le- at some point. We, the, the Cardinals have got to get your attention. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, to me, clinched coach of the year yesterday. I mean, in the, a, in the NFC. I mean, Vrabel, the AFC. But between he and Vrabel, those two guys are contenders. I love what Belichick's doing. Don't get me wrong. They'll never give it to Belichick because he's got six Super Bowls. But going into San Francisco with Colt McCoy and dominating that game, then turning around and going into Seattle. When Seattle was playing a custard last stand game, I mean, it was all or nothing, right? And, and Colt McCoy goes in there and throws for 300 yards and dominates them. They don't have Hopkins. You know, they don't have J.J. Watt. They're missing guys. And yet they go in there and dominate. I mean, I, I think Kingsbury's done a remarkable, remarkable job. And and if you're Pete Carroll, how about this, A.D.? The, the, the Seattle Seahawks, of the 16 teams ranked in the NFC, the Seattle Seahawks are 15th. Wow. Only, the, only ahead of the New York, only ahead of the D- Detroit Lions. That's how bad Seattle is. And look, I'll say this to you. Everybody wants Russ to cook. He ain't cooking at the French Laundry, AD. I mean, like <laughs> this man, he's not cooking at the he's at the, he's at the five point diner. I mean, this guy, I mean, I feel bad for him. He just ain't cooking. Right. He ain't cooking. I mean, you know, GM reshuffle guys, right? He needs Clemenza to come in and help him with some cooking lessons. Seriously. Like, I feel bad for him. And he's not healthy, as we know. Like, Russ is not That's fully healthy. That's what I'm saying. He's it's not. like you're cooking he's, with he's, one hand behind your back. And no apron. He's got no apron on either. You know, he's got no apron on. He's got shit all over his chest, you know. He's got gravy everywhere, you know. <laughs> that reminds me when Ralphie told Vito to suck the gravy stains out of the apron. I mean, like, seriously. <laughs> need an apron that says kiss the cook. Uh, now we get to not the most influential game, but certainly the most exciting game. Steelers and Chargers. Oh my God. And, and, oh my and I'm watching God. it, Mike. And like, I, you know, I'm here with family in Toronto. I'm visiting, et cetera. And I was like, all right, I got it on. I come watching them. Like, late third. I'm like, oh, I'll keep watching them. I'm like, oh my God. Wait, what the hell is going on right now? Like, that game turned it up to 11 late because, like, wait, is is the chart? This is the, the Chargers are going to charge. And as soon as you saw the graphic, you go, hey, most blown fourth quarter losses the last two years. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the Chargers. Like, of course, the, the Steelers are going to come back. 17 point deficit late. And the comedy of errors, block punt, also the interception. You're like, holy shit. And then, Justin Herbert does Justin Herbert things. Like, yes, this is why this guy's the best. Nearly 500 total yards and three touchdown passes. Eckler's unbelievable. 100 yards from scrimmage, four total touchdowns. I mean, the Chargers pulled off the great escape, like Steve McQueen, but it's because of Herbert that last play, but they could have blown it again. I mean, Mike Williams, I don't know why he's so wide-ass open. I have no idea. But he makes the play. I mean, it was remarkable. I mean, if there's a textbook on how to give up a to give up 27 points in the fourth quarter, I mean the Chargers might write it, right? Like get a block punt, throw an interception. Like the, the Big Ben didn't have. I mean he was inside the 20 half the time in the second half. It was unbelievable on one leg. I mean the, it it was a remarkable game, and the, this Charger team 
if they could ever get it fixed offensively or, or I mean, thank God they were. How about when Hopkins misses the field goal, but the Steelers are offsides? You know, <laughs> when he missed that field goal, I'm like, oh, this is classic Los Angeles Chargers. But give them credit. They bounced back. They, they, they won a tough game. I'm saying this. If you took the Chargers and laid the six and a half and you're up, what are you up? You're up 27 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. You're feeling pretty good, right? You're feeling, I'm going to cover this bad boy. No problem. And yet you just don't cover it. And and you barely hang on. I mean, literally, I don't think many people that went to sleep realized that the Steelers went up 37-34 in this game. Right. I don't think people realize it. It's unbelievable. That would have been one for the ages if the Steelers could have pulled that one off. Uh, They had a graphic at some point. It was like uh, 0-256, like in their history, to be able to overcome a 17-point lead this late in the fourth quarter. I'm like, oh my God. They're cursed. They, they need they need an exorcist. I mean, they are somewhat cursed. I mean, think about think about the think about this. The fourth quarter drives, right, right. The, the, they they only had the ball one time in the third quarter. The Steelers, right, and they won three plays and out. So then they got the ball in the third quarter, but they then they went ten plays field goal. Then they went four plays touchdown, nine plays touchdown, two plays touchdown. Then when they had a chance to really put the game away, they went four plays field goal. They make the long field goal. And then when the game was on the line, Ben had to try to bring them back. He goes four plays and they have to, and they lose the game on downs, but it's just remarkable. It's truly, there was no, there were no, there were no punts in the second half other than the one that got blocked. Roethlisberger, earlier in the year, you said, I think Big Ben's done. Are you willing to take that back? Three touchdowns, no picks, no. two or so three yards. No, I'm not. I'm not ready to take I mean, to me, it, indoors, perfect conditions. Gonna, that's the best he's going to look all day long. Right. I'm taking I mean, if they go another year with Ben, they're crazy. I mean, I just don't see it. Is he better than what they have? There's no doubt. He's better than Mason Rudolph. I mean, that's a route if Rudolph plays. But is he better than some? Yeah, but at what price and what cost point? I mean, they've got to they've got to change what they're doing. They've got to get a new quarterback. And last one of the game. What about Eckler? I mean, this guy outstanding on Sunday Night Football. How good is he? We talk a lot about Herbert, but how about Eckler? Eckler's so good. I mean, he's goddamn. He's and he's great with the ball in his hands. He makes people miss. He's got shiftiness and he's got power in his lower body. I mean, I. I, the Chargers, to me, are, are they should be better than they are. They're just not good enough on defense. For whatever reason, they just don't have enough defensive dominance. And you would think with Bosa, you know, that Ingram's not there. They didn't replace him. But you would think they would be better up front and be able to get control of the game. But at least yesterday they had their corners back. But Ben made some plays against them, you know, that was unlike Ben. But I, I think the conditions were perfect for Ben. All right, let's get to the mailbag. Then, as always, send us your mailbag questions at gmshuffle at gmail.com or feel free to send us a message on Instagram at the gmshuffle. This is from Don from Harrison, New York. Tomorrow you get a call. I love that. I hope this call happens. Tomorrow you get a call to be a GM for a team. Mike's done it. Walk us through the interview process. What are your must-haves to take the job? What organizational structure would you look for? Who would be on your head coach possibly list? Listen, this is a 20-minute answer, but whichever yeah. one those would be, whichever one I go with, Mike. Well, I, I think if you if you get a chance to take over an organization, the number one thing you got to make sure you got to do is to get the owner to buy into the culture. Like this is the kind of culture we're gonna have. It's not about who we're going to hire. This is the way we're going to procure talent. This is the way we're going to build it. The head coach and myself have got to be adjoined at the hip. You've got to have somebody that believes in culture first. You know, it, it's not tacked on after we start winning. It's not about what are we going to do in the draft. It's not about winning the salary cap award. It's about how are we going to set up this organization to build the best culture that we could possibly have with guys that believe in winning, that want to believe and put their name on the front of the name, the name on the back is more important than the name on the front. 
I mean, that's what it starts with. And then the number two thing, if you take this job, you got to figure out every resource, every dollar we have, if we don't have a quarterback, has to go to towards finding a quarterback. That's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that matters. And a culture, quarterback, and then two lines. Those are the things. I don't want to hear about anything else other than a culture, quarterback, and two lines. Offensive and defensive. That's going to be everything. And, and then we're going to set it up so that we can have it. And, you know, for me, it's always easier to go with the school from somebody from the Patriot way of doing things because that's the only way I really have known to have success and development of talent. So those would be the people I look for. And plus, we got to have mental. Like today, I wrote about the daily coach, about Belichick taking the team outside. I don't think enough people have mental toughness. They practice mental toughness. You can see it. You can see the mental, lack of mental toughness on some of these teams. Chicago has no mental toughness. You know, Matt Nagy, the, the, he just, the, he's a play caller, and that's what you get. If you're going to build an organization with the right culture, you got to have toughness. That gets us to the awards and a team that's going on the land out of the gate. we got a few options here. We, I mean, listen, the Lions you could always do. They lose the Browns 13-10, fine. The Jets you could do. They lose the Dolphins 24-17. We talked with the Seahawks, how bad they are. They lose the Cardinals 23-13. Other options? How about the Bills? The Bills went from like a real favorite of the AFC. They got demolished by the Colts 41-15. The Bears you just mentioned, they lose the Ravens 16-13. and I mean, some of these teams just start to head scratch. I mean, the Bills, I don't want to put it on the land, but I'm like, what the hell's going on? Well, the Bills have got to learn to get tougher. I mean, one of the things I'm it's the Bills are a little bit like the Bucks last year. They got this embarrassing loss. They need to figure out what they're going to do. But I think it starts with pad level and toughness for the Bills. You know, they they it's so easy for them to throw three yards and complete it to Beasley, and they say, "Well, we're running the ball." I think the Bills' Achilles seals their offensive line. And if they don't get tougher, and if they're not willing to be able to to run the ball with some balance in their game. I know Josh Allen's great running the ball, but they get behind in these games and it's all past that offensive line gets exposed. I, I think if you're Sean McDermott, you got to have a conversation with Brian Dayball and say, look, we've got to figure out a way to where we can get some physical toughness in our offense because right now we're too finesse. And, you know, I, and I think there's no doubt about that. I, I don't understand why the Browns insist on playing Baker Mayfield like he's Brett Favre. Like play Case Keenum. Like, what are we doing? How bad must Case Keenum be if you're going to play Baker Mayfield when he's that hurt? His wife said yesterday, I don't want to hear anybody bitching about Baker because he's playing. No one has as much toughness. Okay, great, Emily. Perfect. I agree with you. Don't let Baker play. We'll put Case in the goddamn game. But like, why should we, you know, I admit, Emily, you know, your husband's as tough as possible. Like, I get it. He sucks, but he's tough. Okay. Okay. Like, and when he's hurt, he sucks more. Like, seriously, like, why are we playing him? We're playing the Detroit Lions, Timmy Boyle. I mean, he threw for 77 yards, you know, and they won the game. They barely won the game. They were almost going to lose the game. I mean, this is just stupidity. Put Case Keenum in the game. You'll win that game. Case Keenum would have put 27 on the Detroit Lions. I mean, this this might go down as one of the all-time. Somebody told me this. I got to watch the game today, but I heard this while I was doing Mitch and Pauly today, this morning, and Pauly, was was he's probably was a massacre. He's sitting there watching this game. AD with 311 to go in the game. It's third and 14. Detroit has the ball at their own 36. And he calls a running play. Dan Campbell, he's calling the plays, right? He calls a running play to Swift. He gets five yards. Now it's fourth and nine. He punts the ball 
with 239 to go, with 230 to 230. He punts it back. Like he's got the 64 Packers. Like, oh, I'm going to get the ball back in three plays. No problem. No, you're the head coach of the Detroit Lions. You're a lot, your team sucks. Try to win the game. You got, you got two plays to get 14 yards. Like run a halfback pass. You know, run the Paul Horning play. Do something. Like, are you kidding me? You just punted the ball back to Deb? And of course, naturally, can I tell you what happened? They never saw the ball again. Right. Just not like, that play. How, I mean, could you imagine being the general manager of the Lions and then watching your head coach? I mean, look, we got him on Thanksgiving Day. Can we, I mean, seriously, this is going to be like Bobby Bobby Fischer and Boris Spassky playing. We should play this game in Iceland because this is going to be the chess master game of all time. Campbell and and uh, and, and Nagy. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. I mean, when he when Paulie told me that, that he punted the ball, he ran it on third and 14, then he punted. How do you do that? <laughs> I mean, there's no kid in his basement who's playing Madden would do that. Right. That is right? mind-boggling. Like, there's no way some little kid in Des Moines in his basement playing Madden is going to throw, okay, it's third and 14. I'll stick a run in here. That'll really, that'll really screw him up, right? <laughs> like, and then, oh, and then I'm going to, then I'm going to punt here. Like, if you ran it on third and 14, that told me you're going to, you're not punting. You want to get into my, my worst favorite term. We got to get it in third and manageable. Like, what does that mean? You know, with Tim Boyle, like take two shots. It, it, that 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 set football back years. Anyway, but, I'm but last thought on Tim Boyle, by the way, because you know obviously Goff was not playing. I'm like this would be amazing if Tim Boyle comes in and lights it up. I'm like, wow, how lousy is Goff? This guy Tim Boyle shows up, but 15 to <laughs> 23. Yeah, Boyle was Boyle. What Boyle wasn't going to score 20 points against the air. <laughs> like literally, if the Browns would have walked off the field and and Boyle would have been under center and he all he had to do was throw the ball, they would have gotten 20. He would have, it's like when I'm at the combine and they run those seven routes at the combine, you know, I'm always, whoever I'm sitting next to, I'm saying, okay, it's third and 15. Let's see how many would these be complete. Right. Right. And they throw the ball out of bounds. And we were probably, we're probably three for 10 on all those throws. So that's a three. And it's against air. It's against freaking air. <laughs> 50 to 23, 77 yards, two interceptions in his first NFL start. Baker Mayfield said, quote, I've never been more beat up in my career. Well, thank God for Nick Chubb. <laughs> then let Emily take care of you and stay home. Right. Stay home. Like, why are we doing this? Let Emily make chicken soup, Emily. Get the heating pad out. Take care of him. Like, seriously. Right. Like, why is he playing? He sucks. He's he's hurting his team. He's not helping him. Nick Chubb, thank God. He ran for 130 yards. He saves the Browns. All right. Fred Palermo, game plan of the week. Plenty of options here. If you want to go with a Texans upset or the Titans, if you want to say uh, the Dolphins. I think Dolphins just, uh, well, I mean, I think, look, you got to give it to the to the, to the the Colts go into Buffalo and, and dominate that game. Frank Wright. You got to give it to Frank Wright. Just Frank Wright figured it out that Jonathan Taylor is the key to the team, right? We got to give it to Jonathan Taylor. Just let him have the football. You know, David Cauley, give him credit. They won. But really, I think Tennessee lost that game. But Cliff Kingsbury deserves a Fred play. I mean, he goes in there and he wins 23-13. I mean, and he doesn't have, he doesn't have, doesn't have the, you know, Kyler Murray. Murray's missed a month of the season. I mean, you know, we all want to give him the MVP and say he's great. Remember this. There's a place in football for the little man. It's just not in front of the big man. This guy's hurt again. Like, you know, and, and will he get hurt again? But give Kingsbury's credit, he kept his team afloat. He's nine and two. And and two of those wins come from from you know who from Colt McCoy. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. You look at Colt McCoy and go, this is just a caretaker, just get us through. But it's been more than get us through. Now they get a bye week, and they should get Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back. And this is the second straight season. He's been a backup being thrust into a starring role, and he's done a great job. So obviously McCoy and Arizona get props there. And Jonathan Taylor, that sets a franchise record. Five touchdowns he had in that game. Remarkable work from both of them. All right, that's your Fred Palermo game plan of the week. And Nasty, that gets us to, if you don't know, now you know. What do you got, Mike? Well, if you don't know, I think Aaron Rodgers is incredible. Whatever you want to have a conversation about off the field, that's your own business. But I mean, what the guy did yesterday with a bad foot and how he kept Green Bay in that game. He goes into Arizona with no receivers and wins that game. And yesterday, he has a chance to win the game against Minnesota. I I think the Packers are are legitimately for real. I think the other is, you know, I think the Seattle's Russell's not back. Seattle's probably have to have some kind of rebuild. What are they going to do with their team? I mean, they're too good. They, they have they, they they have a better they, – they went to the playoffs last year. They were a good team last year. To fall apart this bad, something's wrong. So, I mean, those are the two things now I, I would say now you got to know that. Okay, and that gets us to the pop culture minute. Obviously, we talked a lot last time about JFK. Are you caught up on succession? That's my main question to you. No, I did not watch it last night. I, I You know what I watched that I really enjoyed it? I watched Goliath, the whole season with Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, nice. And this – it was really good. It, I would urge anybody – Goliath – it's on Amazon. It's only eight episodes. It's about the drug business. J.K. Rawlings, I think, is that the actor? The guy's the State Farm guy, I think it is. Or uh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, he he is. Uh, it's not state. He's not State Farm. He's Farmers Insurance. Uh, Farmers Insurance. Outstanding. He was great in this. So was so was Billy Bob. Billy Bob's great in it. And it's really, it was a good, I, I enjoyed that tremendously. But I've got so much to catch up on. But no, I did not. How was Succession last night? Uh, I actually didn't see Succession last night. I did take my kids to see Clifford the Big Red Dog, which think about that. I mean, listen, you're, you're busy with the dogs. You're posting pictures on Instagram. I mean, imagine if you just woke up one day and Bella was as big as a freaking tank. Like that, <laughs> that is essentially the premise of Clifford the Big Red Dog. Someone said to me, like, where did they come up with this idea? I'm like, he's just a giant dog. I'm like, how did he become giant? I'm like, oh, it's a genetic mutant, whatever. Is he a superhero? No, he's just a big ass dog. And they, they get, one scene, my kids are laughing their ass off. He's going to play fetch in Central Park. He's like bulldozing people, knocking down trees, <laughs> takes a giant piss on a tree. I'm like, oh my God. Like, this is a, truly a ridiculous story. Clip for the big red dog. But he's lovable. He's big, he's red, he's larger than life. Gotta love him. You know, it's funny because I, I always would think that, you know, I always wanted, like I follow this elephant thing on Instagram and there's like people that are like have elephants, like as pet. I don't want to say they're pets, but they're with them. I'm like, could you imagine that? Like, how do you like? How does this work? I mean, these little baby elephants—they look adorable, but I mean, you spend your whole day cleaning up crap. I mean, it would be horrible. Oh, it's just horrible, man. And horrible. Anyways, Clifford the Big Rig Dog in theaters. And uh, of course, check out Goliath. We love Billy Bob Thorne. Great. I've interviewed him at Cinefile before. Mike, he's so down to earth. And he's like a legit sports fan. He came to ESPN. We started talking. And uh, Booger McFarlane was talking. And he's like, I know who you are. And he looked at me. He goes, I know who you are. He's like, I know baseball tonight. I know. Big movie guy. I'm like, I know. So I'm like, he's he's a great sports fan and obviously a great actor. His whole journey. The guy's from Arkansas. Writes a bunch of scripts. He's married to Angelina Jolie. He's been married like four times. Like, <laughs> And he's still like rail thin. I mean, Billy Bob's, I just think he's a fascinating person. So check out Goliath. You know, it's amazing. All he did in the whole episode was smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey. And I almost think that that's what he does his whole life anyway. He just smokes, just drinks whiskey and smokes cigarettes. Like I never saw him eat one meal in the whole thing. Never slept in a bed, slept in a chair. Like it was just like, and he's this incredible attorney, Billy McBride, William Hamilton McBride. And he's smart and he's tough. I mean, he's really a good actor. I, I loved him in the Fargo shows. Yes. And, you know, and, and he's really good. Yeah, Sling Blade, Monsters Ball, all of that. All right, thank you so much for checking out GM Shuffle. Obviously, we're going to be back with a Thanksgiving episode later this week, so check that out, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.